I'm pretty uh I'm pretty intrigued by this 808 machine you got over here. You know when you're looking at that 808, we got that BASS bass. And you have N O A S S. I do have no ass. <laughs> what is this little dude though? It looks like that game that uh it was out when we were kids. You know, like a flying saucer and had four colors and you had to Simon. Remember, is that what it was? You had to remember the color sequence and hit it back. Yeah, a hundred percent it was Simon. And you just haven't been here, so we bought all this equipment like six months ago. You have not been here in person to actually see it. Now, what those buttons that look like Simon actually do is we can put like drops or sound effects in there, and I could push the button and it would make the sound effect play while we're talking. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that at least three of those buttons right now play like some children's Disney music sound real fast. No, because I haven't loaded anything in here, but like we could load like the <laughs> price is right thing where if you don't like something, it's like, I mean, if we're going that route, we got to rip off Happy Gilmore. The price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> we'll just be great when we bring up like the MSRP or something or what we think about secondary prices on a bottle. Bam. The price is wrong. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> they don't say Bob in the movie, but that's really? like when you find a stranger in the Alps. Is. It's totally like Lebowski when you find a stranger in the Alps. It's not even close. <laughs> Everyone. My name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Zeke, it's really nice to be able to sit at a table, and across from me, I can see your dumbass face in person, in the flesh, for the first time in about six, seven months. I figured you were thankful I was wearing more than a towel. I am very thankful. A lot of people messaged me on that, by the way. Probably looking for screenshots. Well, I did not take any, but you had recorded. I mean, this is the thing. When we were recording virtually, you would go, and I'm not saying everyone that's going to stop, because if you ask anybody in my house, Zeke was not over. I was under, damn it, under. It's good to see you in the flesh. How are you, my friend? Can't complain. You were admiring our new board and the microphones and I knew they're new to you because I think I got them about six months ago and this allowed us to be able to record virtually but we have a nice little studio set up in my house here there's a table up here we have mics that are on arms we're not worrying about if we hit the table it doesn't make a whole noise like the mics used to every single time somebody talked and and touched the table with their hands it's kind of nice it's refreshing so at some point we can have a show and do like redneck sake bombs off these things yeah Oh, man. You know, uh, our boy Mike, he loves those. Now, explain a redneck sake bomb for people that don't know. Well, I think you just have like a glass of something. I don't know, some beverage. And you have like the shot of sake in the glass, shot glass. And you take two chopsticks and put them across the the bigger glass. The shot glass sits on top of the two chopsticks. And then you literally beat the table until the sticks move enough for the shot glass to bomb in the, the bottom one. Oh, it's a beer. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. Sorry. It's been a long time. I had to, I had to really go deep in the memories for, for that one. There's been many distillers, owners, blenders that have come to Nashville and have done redneck sake bombs with our friend Mike. Could be a fun show. It would be an amazing show. Speaking of a fun show, we are drinking Old Forester birthday bourbon. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by cascartel.com. 
changing the industry standard as to how you get your alcohol. They are like the Amazon of the spirits industry, so they don't set the price, but the merchants do. So if you go on cast cartel it is allocation season you see high prices for allocated stuff obviously that is a convenience play because you don't have to sit in line you don't have to get in a raffle you don't have to camp out overnight in order to get it so that's why that stuff is more expensive but your daily drinkers are going to be on par with what you would see at a store find out by going to castcartel.com Go to Instagram.com. They are doing a Weller Special Reserve giveaway right now. Find them at Cast Cartel on Instagram. So let's not beat around the bush. Okay. Let's talk about this birthday bourbon. It is 95 barrels of 10-year-old whiskey that went into this. It is the celebration of George Garvin Brown's birthday. It is the 150th anniversary of his company. This was blended by Chris Morris and Jackie Zykin. We don't know the mash bill. Previously, it's been 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% barley. Thank you to the good folks at Breaking Bourbon for that stat. It comes in at 98 proof, which is 49% ABV. And it has an MSRP of $129.99. So a couple of years ago, they did a $30 price increase. We knew it was bound to happen with this stuff. And that's where we're at with the 2020 Old Forester birthday bourbon. A little background here just to make sure I'm not wrong in this assumption. But in the deal with birthday, it's juice that was originally distilled on the birthday of uh, Garvin Brown. I know it's put out on his birthday. For some reason, I thought it was originally distilled on that day, too. I really can't remember. You're going to make me go look up FAQs. Well, oh, keep going. Well, my, my thought process was, obviously, I knew it had the 10-year age statement as opposed to the 12 that it's carried, I think, pretty much every previous release. But the fact they all came from one lot of barrels that I assume set in a similar area, my first thought was, well, why wouldn't they pull other barrels from other areas to diversify or add to the blend versus getting stuff that's set and aged in a, a very similar location and odds are should have more likely a similar profile than subtle nuances to differences, which I would think you would want, you know, in the perspective of blending. That's why I was trying to remember if that was one of the little, uh, you know, caveats they had to the birthday bourbon was that it was also, you know, part of a, you know, basically one day's distillate run. So it's almost kind of a deemed to more or less uh, have a strong chance of becoming birthday bourbon at some point. Whatever you said sounds okay. I could be totally wrong and dreamt that up, but. I think you are, but I'm just going <laughs> to, I must say, let's move. I mean, all it says is that it's released every year on September 2nd in honor of our founder, George Garvin Brown's birthday. Fair enough. That's all I know. But does it not seem odd to you not to pull barrels from anywhere else other than just, uh, you know, what should more or less be one more common than not profile? When you look at some of the other limited edition small batch releases, there are different years that come into the blend, right? Different recipes, different years. I'm, I'm not expecting Old Forester to have different mash bills in their blend, but there are different ages that you could have at your disposal. I mean, I, I remember uh, which one was the Booker's? Was it the 25th that they put the old one with the young one? 30th, they were going to have a lot of old and they ended up dialing it back. That's what it was. It was 30th. Yeah. And they ended up putting the young stuff in there to kind of mellow it out a little bit because that old stuff was oaky. I think that there are tons of options that you can do when you have that stuff available. Yeah, and they've you know at least got 15-year-old barrels since King of Kentucky's coming out for the third year in a row. Back-to-back -back years of being 15-year releases now. 
I, I don't know. These things just pop in my head. Sorry to, to skirt you on diving directly in the notes. It just, I don't know. It, it, it seems odd to me when you've got multiple tools, so to speak, all sitting there at your disposal and you're just going to do everything with a damn Allen wrench or a lug nut or something. I don't know. No, now somebody was calling you sensei in our group and I don't like the sensei thing. Because, I don't know what that means. So sensei is teacher. Oh, but no. it's a martial arts teacher. I'm just ADD. No, it's not that you're ADD, and I think sensei is the bad word for it because I would never follow you <laughs> anywhere, but I will say that like there is a zen-like quality. You know, like in old school when Will Ferrell is having the debate and he just like spits. I blacked out. What happened? That's kind of how I feel like <laughs> doing a podcast with you for four years. Like you sit there and you'll say the dumbest stuff about like shaving your armpit. And then you will have this one point where I swear you blacked out every episode, but it is like the most wise thing I've heard in a long time. I always kind of get suspect when a limited edition release comes out and they're like, oh, this is 90 proof. Hey, this is all 10 year old stuff. This is 90 proof. Like, I kind of feel like at what point did you go through and try other stuff? What, Mm -hmm. what made you now Jackie and Chris might've tasted this and said, nope, 98 proof. This is 10 years old. This is absolutely it. Uh, This isn't a knock on old forester. It's just a knock on limited releases in general. When they come out and they're like, oh, yeah, we did all this stuff and we decided on 90 proof. It's like, well, 90.4 wasn't better. (laughs) What made you go through? Like, did you really go through and try this stuff? Yeah. Again, not being a brand or distillery specific, but it would be fun to, you know, kind of be a fly on the wall in some of those moments. Like, all right, how long did you really tweak this? Or at some point, you're just like, you know what, man, I'm good. Are you good? Because I'm good. I want to go home and eat dinner. All right. Peace. We'll work on something different tomorrow. <laughs> but no, I mean, in all reality, we know that they're sitting there and they're trying this stuff out over and over and over and over. They're bringing other people in. I mean, that's what they do. They're like, all right, I have five different blends. Which ones out of these? They're bringing in other tasters. They're bringing in other distillers and saying, we came up with this. Which one do you think we're on the right track? And then everybody's kind of voting. And this one is 98 proof and 10 years old. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they had the 10 years and said, you know what? We don't need to try anything else. This stuff's good. But then you also get into, you don't want to be hampered by second guessing yourself too much. So it might not be one of those things where they're like, hey, we're good. It's like, are we in analysis paralysis here? Are we thinking about it too much? And we just need to decide on something. I mean, I've been there quite a few times. My dad's favorite lines over the years was, damn it, boy, you think too much. You are a thinker, and maybe that's why you look like you're out of it and you're not really with everybody for most of the time. And then once you think of that idea, then it comes out. I don't know. It's interesting, though, because you got to figure, at least going into this, they had to have 12-year stocks earmarked. Because by now, like, all right, it's birthday. It's every year. It's a 12-year release. Hypothetically, you fumble in there and you taste some of these 12s that were earmarked. Ah. Maybe not the best. What other 12s do we have? Eh, I don't know. I still feel like my thought would be like, well, what do we need to put with this? Not completely scrapping lots of barrels and scaling all the way down to two years earlier of distill it and then just grabbing a, a lot from there to go with. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get to uh, ask these questions one day. One day we will sit with Jackie and we will ask her. Hopefully they don't get too pissed off at me or us. Well, let's see. Nor- <laughs> typically... <laughs> So typically they're going to get pissed at you before they get pissed at me. So we'll see how it goes. It's got to be a balance. I'm a flip a coin 
and uh, you go first. <laughs> All right. So nose wise, the first thing that really came off on this one for me, it was a dried oak, but it's just a, a vibrant smell. Uh, it really just kind of hit me now thinking about it again. It's like uh, if you ever run like those little, um, I call them like a portable or mancher sawmill, so to speak. Like you can pull them behind a truck. They're still probably like 15, 20 feet long. Maybe like a huge, basically like a huge splitter kind of setup. But it would be literally like, you know, cutting and splitting wood that is set out for some time, dried out. It, it's not wet by any means. And when you cut it, the aroma that comes off of it, you know, this has been sitting out, you know, dead for a while. It's not rotten, but. I don't know. It's just very distinct in that type of smell. If you've ever experienced it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Hopefully, beyond that, moving a little further in, definitely transitions to sweeter notes of malt, caramel, vanilla. You know, really what you'd expect out of the Brown Foreman line. Diving in past there, I really got cranberry and a sense of kind of a tart, along with cherry and a sense of the sweet that just kind of balanced out really well for each other. And then at the very tail end of this thing, getting a little further down in there, I uh, really felt like some sweet corn was p- being pulled out along with confection sugars. Really almost mind- reminded me of, uh, you know, being at the county fair and smelling the funnel cakes being made. Uh, all in all, nose-wise, not a term I'd, I'd love to use too much, but I would say all things pointed to this being in the sweet spot, so to speak, for me, at least especially with brown foreman juice. I would agree wholeheartedly with a lot of what you said. I think the tougher thing for me is when I first took a whiff of this, I was like, this is bourbon amplified. It is Old Forester amplified. It was so rich. It was a viscous nose. Oak, vanilla, banana, all sorts of stuff that you would expect when you had Brown Foreman or Old Forester. And I was like, this is going to be the most amazing pour that I've had in a very long time. This is this nose is phenomenal. I can't say it enough. I know I am emphasizing it a lot, but this nose is incredible. Using really good emphasis on syllables too. On syllables. <laughs> <laughs> then we got to the taste, and there was almost like a chalky oak char. You know, vanilla, banana, other notes were there, sugar, brown sugar, but that heavy oak char right in the front of your palate. And then it was gone in the finish. And it's not enough to completely ruin this for me. And I think ruins a strong word, but I think because the nose was so phenomenal, it really just sucker punches you like I was not expecting that at all. And then you have to take a few more sips to get that shock factor out of there that it's not what you were expecting. Like when you tell me it's a 10 year old whiskey, I am not expecting kind of chalky oak part of it. I'm, I'm expecting something maybe a few years older to have that. But it goes away, and then you're able to really enjoy the rest of the pour. So the finish, it's you know kind of right on turn two. In the beginning of turn two, it loses the wheels a little bit, doesn't hit the wall, and makes a recovery, and goes on down the track, to use our favorite NASCAR reference. It's one of those things where I feel like the more you know, it really throws the mind off. It, it almost sets you up, puts you in a weird spot. Because you know it's 10 years instead of 12, so you're kind of thinking something younger. 98 proof scaled back down. It was a, you know, I think around 100, a little bit over there for a couple of years. Very similarly, the the first thing that really hits is the oak. I mean, it, it it jumps as soon as it hits the tongue. To me, it was almost prickly, especially considering the the proof that this thing's bottled at. As John said, after that kind of you know clears out and moves away uh, behind it, the two things I really picked up 
were uh, blueberry and then a, a dried cherry. Those are the two dominant things I, I really picked up. There were some other you know, sweeter parts of the profile that were underneath the char, so to speak, for me. I don't know. I mean, it again, like, you know, you think about that year, things like, hold on, like this taste, I get more oak than I would have expected. And I guess at the same time, kind of thinking about it now in some, you know, older oaked products, to me, that oak usually shows and, you know, renders its head kind of above the, uh, you know, the waterline, so to speak, more towards the back or the finish. Whereas this thing jumps out at the front, you know, more like a youthful, not as well-rounded type of, you know, oak or pop or maybe even alcohol prickle, but it's really not alcohol forward at all. So in that regard, it just kind of throws me for a curve as well. The first thing I wonder about, you know, thinking outside the box here a little bit, knowing that at least from what we've seen, most cash strength Old Forester seems to settle in somewhere close to 130, even a little above. That's that's a big drop down to 98. I got to wonder what this had as you moved it down from, say, even 125 to 98 incrementally. Just because at this point, I feel like the majority of times that we've been able to have things and, and try a cash strength versus a cut or even, you know, scale it back on our own with water, you lose the sweet first and the wood always becomes more dominant if it's part of the profile, especially for an aged product like this is. That's my first thought is where was this when it was a little bit higher? Now, that's a great point, but they've just never put out a birthday bourbon that high. Well, at the same time, this is lower than the last two years. Yeah, but before then, I mean, remember when it made that jump over 100 and everybody goes, oh, look, for the first time, and this has only been out for 18 years. And (laughs) (laughs) No, I know, but I mean, at the same time, they're just now starting to do cash strength picks. They did bump it up over to 100 for the last two years. Outside looking in, my train of thought would be as they approach this, the mindset initially, I would think, would be, all right, we've had better success at this higher proof. That's what we're going to aim for again. So something I would at least think had to be off to, to roll this back down to 98. I mean, I could be wrong and, you know, they're just shooting fish in a barrel, but. I don't know. It's a great question. One day we will have Jackie or Chris on and ask them. The other thing I, I wondered, just two possibly, you know, what if this is one of those uh, Parker Beam situations where they nosed it and thought, hell yeah, we dialed this thing in perfect and then maybe forgot to overly taste it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you tasted it, it's there. I can't expect either one of them to do it and do a Parker B method. It's not like if you enjoy oak, this is going to be your jam. I think the problem is that we have and we we tell everybody very open and honest about what our quirks are. We don't always love the same bourbon, but we both love a sweeter profile over an oakier profile and we both don't like wine finishes then in between there you know we we have our nuances of what i think's hot you don't and what you think's hot i don't i think i'm hot i think i I got nothing but i would just say that i think uh if you like some oak this will be right up your alley i think for me this is a bar but i can't say that if i had the opportunity to get it i wouldn't just get it anyway i mean that's just me being honest obviously um a sidebar into the the secondary world here honestly john and i have not paid much attention to secondary in the past four to six months birthday bourbon has shot through the effing roof i mean i think they're like 600 now i think somebody sold one of these for 675 when they got it. i mean i remember in the non-distant past 
to where it first came out, you might see it at 220. It would settle at 180 and then, you know, maybe add 15 bucks per year for the older releases. It was more around 250 a couple that, years ago. Yeah, you know, 2 still, to 250. 600? 675. It's not even 600. It's going so I mean, I think for the majority of people, we're not going to be able to just go into a store and get this because allocation is allocation and you know how this stuff goes. If you have the opportunity to get it, you got to get it. You know, as long as you're not paying, I wouldn't pay over the 130 for it, though. No, and I mean, I don't know. The, the only one I have is from uh, two years ago when Layla was born. But uh, so, I mean, you don't see these too often, but still, I, I don't understand that whole, uh, how did this triple in value? 2020 has been a strange freaking year, man. <laughs> man, just let it end, please. So where are you on this? I'm a bar as well. If we happen to be at a you know social gathering and somebody's offering to pour it, I probably won't say no. You know when we see a limited release like this, and granted we're on the same page here, so it, it doesn't lead me to question as much. But you do always kind of wonder in the back of your mind, like, damn, did, did we just both have a day in the shitter or something? Like, you know, it's it's not the fact that I just want to drink it to drink it. I'd literally want to try that again down the road to say, hey, you you know, maybe we were both just in the tank that day or had bad move. Uh, Mugu guy pan. I didn't have Mugu guy pan, but I do want to thank Angie who came on the show for hooking us up with a sample of this. Thankfully, she gave us each 100 milliliter sample in a bottle. We can revisit this. Typically, we get like two ounces because we're not greedy. You know, if people send us a bottle, that's fine, but typically we get two ounces. So we have some that we can revisit this and we will revisit this and we'll talk about it in the show, but it's not typical that you and I get the same answer. Yeah, especially not front to back. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, I guess not funny, but if you've listened to us for more than two episodes, you haven't heard one where we agreed on it th- from front to back. Yeah, (laughs) there's not much we agree on. I do agree that if you want dad's drinking bourbon, Glen Karen's go to premiumbarproducts.com. They also have custom laser etched glassware that you can get there as well as bar tools, all sorts of cool glasses like the neat glass, the Tua glass, the perfect dram, the Glen Karen, the wee Glen. And if you are a bourbon group or a store or a distillery and you want to do a bigger wholesale order, reach out to me. I will get you in touch with the good folks at premiumbarproducts.com. They are great people. Carson, Janie, Vicky, actually owe them a call. Carson needs me to give them a call. So Carson, if you're listening, I hope I have called you by the time this episode comes out. Since when do you miss an opportunity to talk? Not often. (laughs) Oh, I'll also throw a, um, a big shout out and thank you to Angie um, and Misty as well uh, for these samples, as well as providing a, um, a wonderful experience a couple of weeks ago when uh, I was with uh, our, our Matt Damon, Mr. Uh, Hines, and uh, got to help pick an old four, old foe cash strength. And I'm just going to say that Hines, I guess my invite got lost in the mail. Man, it was really windy. It, it distorted the smoke signal really bad. Yeah. Apologies for not having you on the show tonight. We ran out of time. <laughs> We'll call you next time, Mr. Hines. I will just say, I think if you have that budget for bourbon, this one is worth the price of admission for the fact that it gets you a talk. Like this conversation, we could have finished this in 15 minutes and everything would have been fine. But for us to still be having this conversation 30 minutes in, it's something that not every whiskey allows us to do. Yeah, and and, even folks that that, you know see secondary and, and think, oh man, 
people are paying this much for this. Oh, I really want one. Really want one. Really want this year's. Pony up to the bar. You know, take care of your uh, your, your bartender. See what it's all about. See if you're playing any of those raffles. Anyways, find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Join our Facebook group. There's a whole bunch of people in there. It's good times. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have. You're listening to us right now. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. I do have to say that those reviews actually help us. It helps us move up in iTunes and all the other podcast apps so people can actually find us. It helps us go up in the search engines. So if you enjoy us and you listen to us all the time, please do us a favor. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Not here under the same roof as John Edwards, but both in Davidson County, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao.